0: On local now, channel 525. There's a lot going on surrounding the coronavirus, and and while we should be cautious and use wisdom, we must fight against living in fear. In times of crisis, you know, stress can wreak havoc in our minds and bodies if we let it. Don't get me wrong, fear is a natural emotion, but through God's word, we have power to overcome it. First Peter 5 and 7 teaches us to give all our worries and cares to Him because He cares for us. Second Timothy 1 and 7 reminds us that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Sometimes there's nothing you can do to control your situation, but in times like this, we look to what God has put in us to overcome what's around us. And I want to encourage you to build your faith and find peace in God's Word. Go to GraceChurchVA.org to listen to my latest series titled, No Fear. Also, get a copy of me reading all of the healing scriptures in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation as a free download. I love you. I'm praying for you. And we will get through this together.
1: We are excited to announce the Live Big television broadcast is back on BET on Sundays at 7 a.m. There are a few other changes, so visit derekreer.com to view the full broadcast schedule and much more. You were meant to
0: Tomorrow can be bigger Just grow Let the world overflow yeah. Give a life bigger than yourself You're created for greatness Give a life bigger than yourself
1: to Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer, Senior Pastor of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia, where we are reaching the lost, empowering the hurting, assimilating the lonely, and leading our generation for Christ. Visit gracechurchva.org for this message and to find out more about grace and how you can grow in Christ. We serve a big God and believe that His Word calls for us to live big, So our hope is that this broadcast inspires you to live the big, full life that God has for you. Here's Dr. Greer.
0: All right, we're going to get right in the Word. Time is going to beat us up this morning. Mark chapter 6 and verse 30. You know, I usually like to have fun and stuff, you know, while I'm ministering, but this morning I had more of a growl. (laughs) And I was saying, Lord, am I in a mood? What is the deal? I'm trying to decide, is it heaven or is it me? I'm not sure yet, but... um, If I start growling, it'll do you good. Um, Father, we thank you. We bless you. Your word says, they that are led by your spirit are sons of God. We're not led by voices, but by that deep being, the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside. Father, I feel like you're protectively growling over this congregation and... um, Not against us, but against things that would destroy us, hurt us, and harm us. And Father, help me to flow and help the congregation to flow. And help us to receive your protection, your inside. It's never to harm us. It's always to do us good. So Lord, we submit this uh, Sunday morning meeting to you. Your will be done. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Mark chapter 6 and verse 30. Then the apostles gathered to Jesus. As church leaders, we have to be careful not to rally around our denominations or our traditions. Make sure that the rally cry is always around the person of Jesus Christ. So whether you're Lutheran, you know, Catholic, I don't know which you are, Really don't care. What what I do care about is do you love my Jesus? And these apostles, they all gathered to the master and they did something. They told him all things. These 12 men lived their lives as individuals that would have to give an account. And it's important that we recognize that one day we are going to give a full accounting for how we spent every moment and every second of our lives. These disciples didn't just, you know, brag about all the wonderful things they did in their meetings and services. I, I believe in this, this time, they shared both their hits and their misses. And it's important that, that you can talk to, to people about, you know, uh, situations that go well, but also you, you can talk to somebody when it doesn't go so well. And, and I've learned, you know, some people just have to lie. But, but if you just have to lie, there are two people you just should never lie to. First is God, but second is yourself. Always tell yourself the truth. Well, they told him all things, everything, good and the bad and ugly, both what they had done and what they had taught. Jesus, he had a different philosophy of ministry than most today. He was not just window dressing in the lives of his disciples. He was bold and unafraid to get right up in the middle of his disciples' business. So basically, when they came back to the master, Jesus looked them in the face and said, you did what? You said what? And the, resp- uh, and the disciples weren't put off by it. They answered, and, and, and Jesus wasn't going to harm them. He was just going to use the moment to instruct them so that they have this moment of accountability. And again, once you send out or sent out, it's vital that you come back with an account to someone in authority. And in verse 31, it it, it seems kind of odd what he says, but in a moment I think you're going to begin to understand. Then he said to them, come aside by... where? Or who? By your what? Selves. Selves. This is a very, very important principle. The more we do in public, the more we need to be alone with God in private. And if you ever get that Out of order, you will pay for it dearly. We can do more than pray only after we have prayed, but we can never do more than pray until we have prayed. And these guys had a real public ministry. Jesus saw it. matter of fact, we're going to look at some things in a moment. They were just sent out. That's the background. We didn't cover it here. But they were sent out, and they went into all these towns, and, you know, demons were cast out, and, and people listened to what they taught. They proclaimed the kingdom. But behind, you know, the success, Jesus said, no, 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 no. Be careful about getting too caught up in that. In order for you to endure and sustain what I have for you, you're going to have to learn to pull away. And as much public time as you, you have with, with, with people, you're going to have to begin to match that with your private time. He said, come aside by yourself. Now, I mean, come on. I mean, the crowds are growing. Why, why, why would he do this? The master's teaching them a principle. Come aside by yourselves. Then he says to a deserted place. Oh, Jesus, you're just trying to keep us down. Jesus, you're jealous. But, you know, At this point in my journey, my greatest spiritual battles, battles, they're not over money, not over people really, not over lands or buildings. The greatest spiritual battles in, in my life is over undistracted moments with God. Seems like the devil would do anything except allow me to have a moment. Focused on and experiencing God. In fact, he'll give me crowds of thousands in order for me to miss that moment that will ultimately make me most effective in a public setting. He said, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. Rest is absolutely essential to work. But here's something I've learned. When you work beyond a, a certain breakpoint, you begin to receive diminishing returns. If you remember when you were in school, you know, uh, whether it's high school or, or, or college or what have you, you had a test the following morning and maybe you stayed up, you know, studied from nine o'clock to two o'clock in the morning. But, you know, right about two o'clock, you had a choice to make. I can get six hours sleep and, you know, or maybe even five hours sleep, get up for my 8 o'clock test, or I could study through. And here's the deal. At that point, the more you work, probably the more you study, the worse you're going to do on the test. At some point, you got to pack it in, give it to God, just rest and leave it alone. Otherwise, you're going to damage yourself trying to do more. And one of the challenges in, in, in leadership, ministry, and business Is maintaining that balance and knowing when to stop, knowing when to rest, and knowing when to work. So Jesus said, Listen, some some wonderful things are happening, but here at this point, you, you you need to remember, guys, you need time in private with the master in order to continue to be successful. Then he goes on here, Mark does, and he explains what was happening. He says, For many were coming and going. Progress will always come at a price. It will always cost somebody something. You don't just go into some nice setting and nobody invested in making that happen. In fact, I I have no problem with a person ever wanting what I have. No no problem at all. As long as they're willing to pay the price that I paid to have what I have. Are you hearing me? Some people get real shady. You know, know, oh, they got all this. They got all this. Did you know what I did? And, man, I'll help you do what I did. But you got to make the same investment to receive the same outcome. It said, for there were many coming and going, and they didn't even have time to eat. These guys are in the will of God. These guys are walking with Jesus personally. You see, service to God doesn't always come in neat little packages oh, how I wish I was able to just neatly divide everything and stick it into its right place all the time. But the reality is when, you, when you're really doing something for God, you might have to miss some lunches. You might have to miss some dinner dates. And even some basic needs at times may have to be delayed. Jesus understood what was going on in these men's lives. He knew what it would take for them to make it to the end. So he said, guys, in the midst of this thing, I need you to learn how to pull away and have private time with the Father. Verse 32. So they deserted or departed to a deserted place in the boat all by themselves. I mean, this is great. I mean, you're about to go on vacation with Jesus. I mean, that's the only thing greater than me going away with my wife is going away. But I, when we go together, Jesus is still with us, you know what I'm saying. But but, and these guys are headed on vacation with Jesus. And, you know, uh, teams that play together stay together. And, you know, having fun together as a team is important. Having fun together as a family, by the way, is important. I mean, you know, vacations, you know, you, be frank with you, often I get, I'm more tired when I come back than, than when I left. Because, you know, hanging out with the kids, you, you're planning, you're doing all these different things. But what are we trying to do as parents? Build memories into our, our kids' lives. And, 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 and learning while they're young, learning how to play together. So that when they're, they're 21, they want to come back and have fun. You're not a chore. Oh, I got to go back to my house. I got to call my mother. Oh, gosh. You know, no. But when you, when you had a life where the family played together, it's not a drudgery to call mom and dad. It's not a discipline anymore. It's a desire and a thing of the heart. So, parents, please have fun with your family. I mean, don't just provide for them. Make sure, be intentional about having moments of just hanging out, enjoying yourself with your, your kids. So again, they're going on vacation, you know, everything is good. But then all of a sudden the clouds kind of roll in and here the people come. And in verse 33, we're going to use the ESV here because the language is clearer. Now, many saw them going and recognized them. You know, there's a downside to every good thing. Everybody wants recognition, but (laughs) watch what happens. Now, many, when they saw them going, they what, recognized what? Them. Not just him. Pay attention. But they recognized who? Them. People did not just see a leader going somewhere. People saw a team going somewhere. In fact, I would pass up meeting with a successful person in, in, in a blink of an eye. I, I'd let that go in order to meet with a successful team. Yeah. It doesn't really take greatness for you to become great. True greatness, I'm, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. We'll just hang on to that thought. We'll come back. They ran there, this is the people, on foot from all the what? Towns. When people see a team that's going somewhere, they'll run from every, every part or every place to become a part. Here's part of my growl. You go to a church, the pastor's doing great. But if the only one doing well in the church is the pastor, there's something wrong with the church. Yeah. Leadership is not about me doing well. The measure of my office is not how well I do in life. Frankly, I could do that without my office. I don't have to be a pastor to do well. The measure of my office, let me say this before I finish that statement. Is a, I don't remember who said this, but a gentleman said, if, if there's someone calling themselves a leader, but they're walking and then they look behind and find no one's following, they're not a leader, they're just somebody who went for a walk. <laughs> my goal standing behind this pulpit has nothing to do with me trying to prove something accomplish something outside of making you better. If the pastor is the only person doing well, the pastor's a poor leader. Either that or he just has some stubborn, stiff-necked people around him. And sometimes it's a combination of both. But back to the statement I stopped in the middle of, the way I measure my progress is not how many butts are in the seat, but it's how well you're living. So now the question is, how much progress am I really making? How you living? I mean, we get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, but we've talked about this before. Everything big is not necessarily good or healthy. I recently saw a woman with a great big old goiter right up attached to her neck. It was big, but it was killing her. So bigger is not always better unless it's healthy. And if your goal is only to hear a good message on Sunday, you really don't understand your pastor or the purpose of church. I stand here every Sunday with the intention to make you better. To add value to your life. If you really want to assess a leader, assess the people around the leader. To really get an idea of what that individual is doing. Paul said it this way. He said, listen, I don't need letters from nobody talking about, you know, I'm anointed and and appointed all that. He said, you are my letter. You are the proof of my ministry. Now I'm talking for a moment about a pastor, but I'm really ultimately talking about Jesus. Jesus. You are proof to this world. You are the, you're the only folks. People can't see Jesus, but they see you. As the representative of Christ on the earth, what are you saying about your leader? What is your life saying about your leader? Okay, I'm glad you memorized some scripture, but what does your life say about your leader? My goal in my life is to bring glory to God, that somehow when people take a look at me, they honor him. The reason I live right is really not because I'm, I'm so afraid of sin, because God's grace is pretty incredible sometimes, sometimes more than I've ever imagined. One of the reasons I live right is because I love him so much and I don't want to dishonor his name. The reason some of y'all live living the way you're living is you don't love God. If you loved him, you'd behave. If you cared about his reputation, you'd take that bumper sticker off the back of your car because you know how you drive and the, the hand signals you give. <laughs> Guys, the reason we're here is to bring honor to him. And if we're living dishonorable lives, why should God heal us and keep us here any longer? If the salt loses its saltiness, the Bible calls it good for nothing. How many good for nothing folks do we have in this room? Don't look at nobody. My desire is to be salt. My desire is to retain my distinctives. My desire is I'm not perfect, but to represent the one who is. And when I'm wrong, admit I'm wrong. But when I'm right, do it right and keep doing it right until it comes. Now, many saw them going. You see them. Pay attention. It wasn't just Jesus anymore. When you start doing things in the name of the Lord, you represent the Lord. The scripture did not say they saw Jesus. The ASV says here, many saw them. And they recognized them, not just Jesus, them. And they ran after them. And God wants to expand his power from, from, from his son into the church. But here's the deal. When he gives you that type of platform of credibility, how are you going to use it? Now imagine if after, I'm really way off the subject here this morning. Imagine if after Peter preached, cast out demons and, uh, you know, talked about the kingdom, he he went into uh, 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 14th Street, copped a little thing. The whole thing, the whole thing, the credibility, all gone. See, the problem is if God gives you a platform, God knows what you're going to do with it. Some of you should be slower. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. Some of y'all need to be slower to tell folks you're Christians. If you love the Lord, you'd be quiet about it till you had a little bit of fruit. I'm really not in a bad mood. Church, we got to stop playing. we got to stop living for ourselves. It's not about us and what we want, but about the testimony we leave about Him. Well, they ran on foot from all the towns and... They got there ahead of them. And this is important. See, when, when people see a team going somewhere, they'll leave everything. These, this was the worker day world. These were peasants, largely. They don't have resources not to go to work. In fact, if they didn't go to work, they wouldn't eat. But, but what happened? They left all, changed their plans suddenly. As soon as they saw this team going somewhere, because, again, when they saw the team going somewhere, they said, okay, I could be part of the team, and I can go somewhere too. So, so they left all. And they did whatever they took. They sacrificed their plans to get in position for their blessing. Movement or motion creates motion. It's just that way. And, you know, and if, if I wasn't even going anywhere in life, I'd at least pretend. And I, I learned that years ago. When my wife and I were dating and, and, and man, things were slim, what i do is i I I'd get about 15 singles and i wrap it up in a $100 bill put it in my money clip all I could afford was McDonald's she didn't know it It was really my rent money by the way (laughs) but when I was in McDonald's I made McDonald's look good I looked like I was going somewhere you hear what I'm saying (laughs) and the disciples that they were going somewhere not just Jesus though I'm delighted that Christ at the right hand of the father but he said you know what I go away and, and here's the deal I'm gonna prepare a place for you True leadership is not just Jesus getting to the right hand of the Father. It's him bringing us with him. True leadership's moms and dads, not just getting your neighbor saved, but it's bringing your children with you and doing whatever it takes to reach them. As a pastor, I get frustrated sometimes with parents. The kids have a problem. They bring it to the church. I like the church problem. First of all, we get the child two hours maybe a week. Y'all don't come regularly enough, so it's really every other week. And somehow we're responsible. You the daddy? All we can do is reinforce what you do at home. Stop passing the buck. All right. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd. It appears that Jesus' plans are completely ruined here. I mean, completely messed up. But I want you to notice the master's flexibility. And if you're going to work with God and be successful in the kingdom, you have to learn to roll with the punches even when it doesn't go your way. And then it says, he saw this crowd. Again, he's on vacation, but they crowd in him. He looked at them, and he he got mad at them for messing up his holiday. Why don't y'all leave me alone sometimes? We need a break too. great crowd came. And he had compassion on them. Servant leadership is sometimes fitting your rights for the needs of others.
1: You are listening to the Live Big broadcast with Dr. Derek Greer. We pray that you are inspired to think big, do big, and live big. Our goal is to compel you to live in a way that overflows and blesses those around you. Find out more about this broadcast, Grace Church, and Dr. Derek Greer, at GraceChurchVA.org. Dr. Greer and his wife, Pastor Yermitu, invite you to meet them at Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia for vibrant worship, Bible teaching, and fellowship each Sunday and Wednesday. Click GraceChurchVA.org for service times, directions, and much more. Again, that's GraceChurchVA.org. This has been Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer. Watch the Live Big broadcast Monday through Friday and every Sunday. Check your local TV listings or visit GraceChurchVA.org for the broadcast schedule. That's all the time we have. But until next time, remember, you have what it takes in Christ to live big.
0: Hello, radio family. This is Dr. Derek Greer. Due to the COVID crisis, our already crazy schedules have shot through the roof. But in particular, please pray for pastors and church staffs as we navigate through this incredibly difficult season. You know, our government has pledged to graciously support many businesses in this crisis, but churches are are largely on our own. And if we don't support God's voice in our communities, no one else will. So don't forget your local church. Lastly, I want to remind you that God has not given us a spirit of fear. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He loves you, and my Bible says he will keep you as the apple of his eye. There's nothing ahead of you that's bigger than the God that lives on the inside of you. In times like these, it's really vital that we keep our hearts full of God's Word. So if you want to hear faith-filled messages or get a copy of me reading through all the healing scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, go to GraceChurchVA.org for free downloads. I love you, and our only goal is to help keep you strong. God bless you.